0: Welcome to Midnight Conversations. I'm Anadami Karaja and, and-
1: Oh, oh! I'm Stephen Venus. Yeah,
0: I was, was going to introduce you, man. I got, I got you back. I got you covered. I was, I was doing the whole introduction thing, just you know, saying who you were, who I was, and have you come in with a little hello, you know. Oh, I've been
1: yeah. saying my own name in my head for the past five minutes, getting ready for that moment. <laughs> I I just do that for me, with,
0: with the name Stephen Venus, you don't think that you'd need to say that over and over. You think it's pretty straightforward. Like you know? I'm a thorough man. I don't no, know. you are. You are. No, definitely, definitely. But I mean, <laughs> barring introductions, you know who both of us are right now, and this is Midnight Conversations. Welcome to listeners of the show. If this is uh, your first listen, I'm assuming you're starting at episode one, because logically that makes sense. But if mm. you started elsewhere, hopefully the confusion wasn't too heavy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we're here at the uh, Australian National Centre for the Public Awareness of Science, mm-hmm. uh, which is in the Australian National University in That's Canberra. Right. Yeah. And this is where
0: Aniston, you, uh, a PhD... Student, student, st- student, yeah. Learn. You know it. I'm uh, in neuroscience. I'm, I did my h- h- background. My undergraduate degree was in neuroscience. And then I fell in love with teaching. So I did a teaching degree, master's in teaching, and then realized that I wanted to teach at a university, which requires a PhD. So I'm just plugging away at that, reading some things, uh, learning some stuff, and mm-hmm. and which takes me to... This podcast, where we're talking about a science, but then we have Stephen Bannis over here, mm-hmm. uh, aficionado, who is notorious for bailing people out of jail. I think that's what your profession is, isn't it? Mostly, I have I th- a lot of skills. That that's one of them, <laughs> getting yeah. people out of jail. Yep. Um, do you want to explain to listeners what that translates to in your degree qualifications?
1: Yeah, that's right. So I just use basic uh, kitchen implements to kind of get through walls um, <laughs> with, the, with a lot of no. So I've done a I've done a degree in law. I should mm-hmm. I can't say that I've finished it. I've got a couple of subjects left, but. Yeah. You know, that's that's kind of the main thing I've done, mm. a bit of business work. Yep. I started doing science at university and then I failed chemistry and was like, "Oh, this is not for me."
0: You started in science, did you? Yeah, yeah, I started in science. No way. I did well in biology? Yep, cool.
1: And then yeah, chemistry, I was just kind of like making friends and having fun and was yeah. like,
0: "Eh." So, it it's wasn't like, it wasn't yeah. so much the subject itself, it was just the environment. But then you just yeah. che- you said science is tough, I'm going to go to an equally tough degree of law. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: cool. Well, I mean, like fluffy like humanities is is my jam oh yeah
0: well i mean you say fluffy but you're one to have a lot of deep thoughts thus midnight conversations (laughs) because we uh, have often had discussions about a lot of different things i bring a lot Mm. of science talks into it and uh, you have a lot of background into science and your understanding of philosophy and that meshes together really nice and we thought the public would be interested in learning more about this but Stephen, do you want to explain Mm -hmm. to people what is this podcast about yeah, look,
1: Anidin and I have uh, been getting together since, since we both ended up in the same city, and we just end up mm-hmm. in these little chats about, about the world, and, and mainly science, because that's Anidin's, you know, a field of specialty. Mm-hmm. Um, and we thought, you know, why don't we communicate some of this out, out into the general public? Sounds like a bit of fun for us, and it sounds like it could be hopefully educational and enjoyable. That's
0: the way. I, I mean, there's, there's so much science out there, and so much science written in papers that is published, and, and it's a bit daunting to, to find and, and read and try and synthesize that. And, you know, I've got a bit of a science background, and Steve's really interested in science, and, and our, our goal here is basically to to read papers and have discussions around them and involve the audience so that we can have some sort of critical debate, which I think is mm. is sort of lacking, yeah, and uh, much so in society now. So it's, it's nice to read. Introduce that yeah. a bit more. So
1: yeah. I might also mention at this point, not, and not to blow smoke, but Anandin recently had his first paper published. Mm, that's um, true. There was a fair bit of media attention. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, so nice. I mean, I'm a,
0: a big believer that you know there's a responsibility to. Uh, explain your science to the public and, and involve them, because you know w- what is science without uh, public interest and public involvement. So uh, yeah, uh, it got covered by ABC, Sydney Morning Herald, Financial Review, just mm. yeah, a bunch of outlets who were interested in it, which is great to see. And then I was looking yeah. at fat mass changes in women around menopause because I'm interested in how the brain changes and changes at midlife that are associated with those things, and and it's particularly uh, in neurodegenerative conditions like Alzheimer's disease. But Lots and lots of things, mm. but many things that we'll discuss. But Stephen, yeah, yeah. what are we discussing today?
1: Oh, today's a, today's a good one. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And didn't sent this one uh, through to me not that long ago. Mm-hmm. This paper is entitled "The Case of the Disappearing Teaspoons." Yeah, it's extremely <laughs> scientific.
0: Funnily enough, published in the BMJ. Did you notice that? I did not. Yeah, it's it's published in the BMJ. So the BMJ mm. have this thing where they um, publish quirky. Uh, research like I think it's like once a year and it's just something like that involves lateral thinking but and this is clearly one that was was had that met that criteria but what is the case of the disappearing spoons uh, the <laughs> so
1: this is this is uh well it appears to be quite a quite a talked about study um just because it is clearly fairly entertaining um, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate here. Um, So it's a longitudinal cohort study Mm -hmm. of the displacement of teaspoons in an Australian research institute
0: Fancy way of saying, yeah, fancy way of just saying that I kind of just read the title (laughs) there
1: and and then I got to the end of that and was like, that that sentence, what?
0: No, 100%, it's a a longitudinal cohort study So that just means that it's a, you know, they observe people over long periods of time And Mm -hmm. displacement of teaspoons, where did the teaspoons go? Uh, Mm. Stephen, where did they go?
1: Where did they go? Yeah. I was I was writing here trying to think of something wacky, and I was like, oh, man, like aliens. Like, where's my brain going? <laughs> so like, I was like, I know Adam's going to ask me, where are the teaspoons?
0: I, and, uh, yeah, and, and inevitably, here we are on a podcast where with me asking you. I mean, have you noticed teaspoons lost in your workplace? Because, like, mm-hmm. for me, there there are no teaspoons, really. Like, there's a few, but I think we've lost that responsibility to have tea (laughs) so i bring in my own cutlery (laughs) my own spoons my own place but what's it like at your workplace what are things happening no no no, well
1: we we don't have we don't have cutlery yeah all right what i do is i go to sushi and then i buy some hand rolls and then i steal chopsticks you don't need them for hand rolls and then i put all the chopsticks in my bag and then i just use chopsticks at lunchtime for everything yeah for everything what do you eat for lunch chicken and stuff whatever like pasta whatever i'm good with chopsticks
0: what about soup though isn't that isn't that what the key criteria that requires a spoon? That
1: <laughs> I, I, I don't eat soup. I don't eat soup generally. Mm. But if I do, then I'm going to get a spoon added in. Yeah. Which so, is my yeah. question? Which is like, where are the spoons going? <laughs> the spoons are critical yes. for, so, for our life. So, I mean, we've we've asked where the spoons are going, which mm. is already sort of uh, given away the results there. And oh yeah, that's true. You've, Sorry, you've, the
0: displacement of spoons. Spoons were moving around. We didn't know where they were moving, <laughs> uh, but essentially, uh, what they did in this study was mm-hmm. they got. Uh, 70 discreetly numbered teaspoons, as that was what they said. And they placed it in the tea room around the institute. This institute, I don't know if we mentioned, but it's in Australia. Uh, it was, it's the McFarlane Burnett Institute for Medical Research and Public Health. So just shout out to them for doing this excellent yeah, research. It's fantastic. And uh, so they, they got these 70 teaspoons, these researchers, and they wanted to see where where did they move around within it. And and they the way they phrase this paper is awesome, right? Because they, they say, you know, they start off the paper by saying, you know, we've noticed that teaspoons have been moving and missing and we 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 need them for our coffee and, and sugar, so what do we do? So we, we search the literature and they they have all these like things that they search and they're like, oh there's a there's a lack of literature around this area and we really need to address it, which is like, you know, key jargon and lingo used in scientific papers. So they really I think the the most comical aspect of this paper is the the rigor in which they've investigated this topic, which is awesome. Um And so, between February 2004 and 18th of June 2004, that's why it's longitudinal, long period of time, Mm -hmm. uh, they carried out a pilot study to gain an initial impression of the manner of teaspoons loss at the Institute and to refine our methods for the full study. So they purchased 32 plain stainless steel teaspoons Discreetly numbered With red nail polish On the undersides Of the handles (laughs) It's not that discreet Well I guess I don't know Yeah and also There's 32 right So like When it gets to Number 32 That's pretty hard To like do Not only a nail polish Legibly but Yeah Yeah. (laughs) Clearly a lot of effort Going in there Um, And they distributed Into a subset Of eight tea rooms So 16 in one And 16 in another one Two different areas And they carried out Weekly audits Over five months To assess any change of the distribution of teaspoons throughout the Institute. So uh, that, that's pretty much the setup I'm, of the of the story. I'm picturing some dude in
1: a lab coat just like <laughs> sneaking into the office and like counting the spoons. <laughs> that,
0: well, what are you doing here? <laughs> it's intense activity because if you think about it, right? So you put the teaspoons down, you number them and then you walk away and then you come back the next week. You've got to find these teaspoons, right? Mm. They're not, probably not all in the same spot. And my question is like, were they not being washed? Is this nail polish? I mean, I don't know much about <laughs> nail polish, but how does how hard is it for nail polish to come off with water? I know, like over time, mm. it can come off. Like, and that's why people reapply it, nail polish, right? It's not permanent. It's not like yeah. a tattoo. But maybe I'm highlighting inadequacies in my knowledge of nail polish. But Steve, <laughs> could you help me out here? What's 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 the story?
1: Uh, I'm not a, not a frequent user of nail polish uh, either. Okay. Look, look, maybe there's an opportunity here for you, Anadon, to to do a follow-up study on the relationship between uh, I, j- I just feel non-cleaning for- spoons and. <laughs> And the and the missing. My my first mm. critique
0: is that I think the spoon should have been engraved. I think I think that would have been. Yeah. I, th- I just feel like as scientists, I mean, they put a lot of effort in this, but that would be just one point to note there. Well, oh, right? they
1: could have had like varying levels of like roughness on the handle or something.
0: I don't. know. Oh yeah yeah true true true. A waste then, of time yeah. and money. Oh, what do you call it? Um, mm. what, uh, braille right? Braille and braille. Uh, they could have numbered them using braille. Oh, how cool. would that have? That uh, would have been. Excel- and then polish. everyone would have had to learn braille. It would have been awesome. And um, so. <laughs> They, they, that yep. was their that was their pilot study, right? So at the mm-hmm. completion of their pilot study, pilot just means like it was the first study just to test if the concept is viable. And then they said, okay, yeah, looks, looks like this method is working. So clearly the nail polish wasn't an issue, like they did it. So they said, hey, let's do this uh, longitudinal cohort. Uh, so they had a group of people and they observed them over time. Group of people, I mean, co-workers, really. Mm. I mean, uh, and the funny thing is, See, there's, there's ethical issues here, because whenever we do science, there needs to be consent uh, by participants to be involved in science. I think there is a loophole in which you can do certain science without consent, but it just can't mm-hmm. be published. So it can't be peer-reviewed and published, but it can be put up online. So I don't know where the fine line is here. But anyway, it's just raising some ideas. So... They purchased and numbered a further 54 stainless steel teaspoons, same method as before. In addition, they purchased and discreetly numbered 16 di- teaspoons of higher quality. The teaspoons were distributed throughout the eight tea rooms with a higher proportion allocated to those tea rooms with the highest teaspoon losses in the pilot study. So they they, they wanted to sort of enable if there's like a thief or, or there was some sort of factor happening in that that room initially. So they wanted to see, well, well does this ha- still continue on? Um, they carried out can- counts of teaspoons. Spoons Weekly again. For two months, then fortnightly uh, for a further three months, desktops and other immediately visible surfaces were scanned for errant spoons. And um, after five months, we revealed our previously uh, covert research project to the institute staff. They were asked to return or anonymously report any marked teaspoons that had made their way into desk drawers or homes. Uh, two days after, yeah, I, like, let's just stop there before we go on. Okay, w- what's that discussion like? <laughs> <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> like. You you call a meeting. I mean, I'm assuming unlikely that there's senior people within uh within the lab doing this, but maybe it is. I'm not sure. Like yep. that that's that's an unfair assumption. You call a meeting, say hey guys, let's get together. How do you break to your co workers that you've used them for a scientific <laughs> experiment that they are made of, I mean wh- what do you think, Stephen? How does that how does that go down? Just,
1: just the accusatory element of it though is is what 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 I love. It's like wh- someone's stealing sp- <laughs> and we're, like we're not saying it's you, but no. someone in this office amongst <laughs> these twenty
0: people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's right, no, hundred and forty no, people. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. So we don't know what's going on. Uh, mm. And then two days after the revelation, staff were asked to complete a brief anonymous questionnaire, which dealt with their attitudes towards the knowledge of teaspoons and teaspoon theft. Which I thought was quite nice. Mm. So, so they they've handled this from like a whole bunch of different angles. They've they've really thought this out. Um, they even even have a graph here right which says uh, the number of days and the proportion of spoons remaining so it's it's sort of like if you can imagine had like days on the x axis on the bottom of the horizontal line on the y it's the number of spoons remaining from 100% to going down you can see the line just gradually going down and they have two lines one for one room and the other for the other room so you can see actually the steep decreased one this is all going to be the link to this paper is going to be put up online yes. in our podcast so you can definitely have a look at that uh, when you, when you when you're interested um, so, Stephen, yeah. walk us through. What do the results say after this experiment? Yeah, what was just, going on? I, I just
1: uh, This is so bizarre. <laughs> 56, mm-hmm. that's 5-6, 56 yeah. of the 70 teaspoons Jeez. disappeared during the study.
0: Wow. That's, that's a lot. 56 of the
1: 70 56.
0: teaspoons. I still can't wrap my head around that. Yeah, that uh, they say here it's 80%, so like 80% of the teaspoons. That's crazy.
1: Can you clarify something for me? Mm, of course. What, what does the
0: half-life refer to in this? Yeah. So it's saying the half-life of the teaspoons was 81 days. So generally what, it, what a half-life means is uh, they use it a lot in terms of things like radiation. So when people mm. go in for a scan and they they drink some sort of fluid, that fluid is, is usually uh, a radioactive chemical, um, which is non-harmful because it has a half-life. And usually mm. they have rapid half-lives, which means that, you know, uh, if it's in your body uh, in you know six hours, if, if that's the half-life, then in six hours' time, half of the uh, chemical is in your body. Then six hours after that, half of that half, so a quarter of the initial one, is now in your body. So here it says the half-life mm. of teaspoons was 81 days. So they initially had the whole total of teaspoons then after 81 days it was exactly half and then it, it went on from there so ah, that, that's I what see. they're sort of saying so half disappeared permanently after that time in this context is what that is then um, yeah man. crazy and it compared with 63 days in the pilot study so mm-hmm. it was a bit quicker in the pilot but uh you know you'd think that also the pilot study was done in the same rooms if there was a thief that they'd be like satiated with the number of spoons, and they like, "Okay, I got a spoon. I got that in my office desk. Things mm. are good now." But mm. just it's just compulsion. It's just it, it's incredible to me that this happens. I mean, if, if I would if the I worked at this place mm. when I was in the induction. If I did work at this yeah. place and it, when I was in the induction, and they say, "Oh, you know, here's where you're gonna sit. Here's what you're gonna do," I'd be I'd be highly critical of all security measures that this place has. I'd yeah. be like. Who has access to this room? Like, who has access to my stuff? Because th- if <laughs> teaspoons are missing at this rate, like, how easy is it for other stuff to go missing? It's just, it's just, it's just. The list goes on. But anyway, I'm getting ahead yeah. of myself. No, no. I, but- <laughs> I,
1: I, I love what you're saying there because the the conclusion here is the loss of workplace teaspoons was rapid, showing that their availability and hence office culture in general yep. is constantly threatened. <laughs> Which means people are sitting there like, someone's stealing spoons and yeah. they're getting mad at their colleagues. That's it. That's it. They're- Teaspoons mm-hmm. are integral to office
0: culture. That's my that's my favourite aspect of this. I think so. But it is because I mean how many good conversations happen over a cup of coffee? You know? It's just mm. and, and how can you have a cup of coffee without a teaspoon? I mean, you could, but just... There they're, they're are ways. It's like eating cereal <laughs> right. a chopstick. It <laughs> just doesn't make sense, you know? It, you, you, it's necessary for I the just, life. Make it work, I know. I know. know. I it know. No, it's all right. It's all good. Uh, but, I mean, and these are silver spoons. So mm. like, it, it, it's not like they're plastic or they... It, it, it was high-quality stuff that people were stealing. I mean, it begs mm. the question, at what level... Because theft in the office happens a lot, when, especially when it's you know uh, things that are provided by the workplace that are dispensable items: highlighters, pencils, pens. By the way, disclaimer: not me or Steve. Yeah. But just, just I, observational. This is this is anecdotal evidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what do you think is is the limit here? At, at what point do people start questioning? Like, do you feel mm-hmm. like people here? You know, you take one spoon. Mm you take two do you take at what point do you feel like you're you personally are affecting office culture oh you know it's
1: are you are you suggesting that the people are taking the spoons? is that is that the only way that these spoons could go missing is that if they're taking them home that's a great are people point. swallowing the spoons well I,
0: are they hiding them <laughs> under floorboards so if is, if people hmm. aren't taking them what I mean I know you mentioned aliens before, but let's let's sure, let, let's, sure, let's try sure. let's try and go one step before that. What else do you think is a reason these spoons would be missing? I f- I feel like I it, if they are
1: like it, it's highly unlikely in my mind that it's a, it's a conscious decision to remove the spoon from okay. the workplace. Okay. Okay. Right. I think it would either be an accident with it ending up in yeah you know, a, a backpack or something or a, or a bag. Or just,
0: yeah, right, right. Makes sense. So so you're saying it's just accidental use. People aren't thinking, and so as a result, it just happens. So they, they just get lost. It's, I, not, it's uh, not some malicious intent there. I would say
1: so. I just I really hope there aren't people listening to this hoping that we have the answer to where the teaspoons are. No, I Googled it. There, there doesn't <laughs> seem to be an answer.
0: There isn't. But, I mean, I think what's awesome, right, and they say we propose a somewhat uh, more speculative thing theory, um, somewhere in the cosmos, along with the planets inhabited by humanoids, reptilian reptiloids, uh, walking treoids and superintelligent shades of the color blue. A planet is entirely given over to the spoon life forms. Unattended spoons make their way to this planet, slipping away through space to a world where they enjoy a uniquely spoonoid lifestyle, responding to highly spoon-oriented stimuli <laughs> and generally leading the spoon equivalent of a good life. And I I just love that statement. I mean, they essentially went where you were going to like aliens, but it, it's just it's just a beautifully phrased paragraph, I think I love that, that is.
1: The spoon equivalent of a good life.
0: I, Am I living the spoon equivalent of a good life? I, I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I, want, I want to go to this place. This, this place sounds amazing. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> but I, they they go on. I mean, they, mm. they do say that you know they, they, they have a few other ideas and things that happen. But it, it, they do say, although it seems unreasonable to say that the teaspoons are exerting any influence uh, over the employees that work here, uh, their demonstrated ability to migrate and disappear shows that we have little or no control over them. So they, they sort of take the approach or, or their conclusion is that they're sentient beings that sort of walk and live in their own way and, and we're using them. But they they do <laughs> mention future studies uh, should investigating the patterns of movement and loss of other types of cutlery or equipment Um could provide a broader picture of the phenomena under study. Microchipping and satellite tracking systems would have enabled determination of the teaspoon's ultimate location. <laughs> I I think that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like could it, 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 microchipping yep. stuff? That's that's just the way to go. I I think I think you like, microchipped under this? I'm not microchipped, oh. but I, I feel like you know there are there. Are, I remember there was I was uh, m- me and my partner. Our house <laughs> was robbed, right? Uh, yep. I think about a year ago, right? Not a great thing, right? Hmm. But out of that came and a thought to me about you know once you get robbed you start thinking well how could I prevent this in future it's not really the other way around <laughs> one thing I did think was you can buy like these GPS trackers they're so cheap online just plug them in like you can just like stick them into things and then, oh right and then so on just like super valuable things laptops or whatever yeah uh, if you can make them inconspicuous then your things are always microchipped
1: I know I just assume you've done this so well, I need to return all the items <laughs> I've stolen from your house it could ah, be right.
0: I mean the, the difficult thing is when you start microchipping other things right that do of mm. It's Like, uh, you know, you you have your uh, water bottle there. Who knows? Right. Who knows? I, w- I did take oh, it momentarily. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: No. I feel so comfortable I, right I now. I thought so. I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just read another theory. Actually, this is from Maya Kessler from, uh, in an article from the Telegraph. Oh yeah. Um. She she seems to be claiming that they are uh, the spoons are metamorphosing into her plates and bowls. Oh, you think there's she thinks, more plates? She's and like, bowls. we do seem to have more plates and bowls in our tea room covered than I ever remember having before. Perhaps mm. the teaspoons are metamorphosing into plates and bowls, presumably to have a more pleasant experience when it comes to meal times.
0: Interesting, interesting yeah. theory. See, that, that's that's one of the key things about uh, science. You know, you make an observation and you test it. So mm. her observation, she sees more bowls. Test it, you know, see what happens. <laughs> oh, dear, yeah. yeah. So, Stephen, what's, yes. what's, what's your takeaway from this, uh, from this study? What, what do you think? Are you going to start microchipping your spoons? Uh, what, what are you going to start doing? What am I going to start doing? Hmm. I mean, do you, do you feel like this, this research has a meaningful impact on your life? Do you feel like you, you walk away by, uh, by, mm. by feeling you know, enlightened to some extent?
1: No, not particularly. <laughs> I, I, um, I mean, I'll, I I guess I'll have less sympathy for people who are missing spoons because I'll I'll just be like, well, you're, you're one of many. Stop yeah, complaining. That's it's true. true. It's that's a true. phenomenon. Yeah. <laughs> just feel privileged to be part of it. Exactly. exactly. I think that's about the, the extent of the impact this will have on me. I get you. I got <laughs> but,
0: I mean, the impact it has on me is I love the scientific approach that they've taken. I think if anything... Mm. I could get out of this is I love the fact that they've taken a real scientific approach to a, a, yeah. a, a problem that is in day-to-day life. And that's what we do in science, mm-hmm. but it's not so comical in this respect. You know, and I, I just, I just love that. I love the rigor. I love the fact that they you sat there with nail polish to try and number the spoons that they went back and checked the numbers. I just, I just love it. I, I think it, it, it's really what science is about, which is, I think why it was published in the BMJ. Yes. <laughs> I think, yes. uh... I think a,
1: lo- a lot of people associate science, Science with you know boring classrooms and, and big textbooks with confusing numbers, but science can be really fun and really interesting. And and you know we're going to hope to to find a lot more of these kinds of articles and and, uh, and talk it. about them. That's and, yeah. it.
0: And and there'll be a whole wide variety. If there's any articles that you're interested in as listeners of the show, let us know. We'd be keen to address them. Also, you know we're we're keen to have uh, discussions about articles. So if there's anything that you disagree with or you have a different opinion on or you have other evidence, please present it to us. We're not going to get every. Thing right all the time So our big philosophy With this show is It's midnight conversations Having conversations I mean I don't know Why we call it midnight It's all day 24-7 yeah. But you know it,
1: we, we we don't record it at midnight. We, we don't. It's I mean, close enough.
0: Close enough. I mean, it's only a few hours away, but uh, it, it is. It is. But it's the, the uh, premise is we'd love to just interact and, and chat more because Steve and I love discussing this stuff. We hope you do. And at the very least, we hope we made your work day or night a bit more enjoyable <laughs> by uh, hearing these conversations. Uh, in saying that, you can uh, always find the papers associated with the podcast uh, in the podcast link. And you can always follow us on Twitter, uh, all the socials or email. Email us if you have any questions or tweet at us. Um, and in saying that, I think we're done, Stephen. I think we are. It's been a pleasure. It's been amazing. First episode damn. <laughs> I'm going to go get a spoon. Hey. I'm going to go get a spoon.
1: You've got to go get a spoon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. What would <did> you say? <laughs>